Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries, friends. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic and sober coach. My addiction has shaped the person I am today and given me the ability and voice to help others, and I simply wouldn't be here without it. Recovery is possible. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who live them. Head on over to thesobrietydiaries.com where you can apply to be a guest on the show and join our insiders list for exclusive content, early release episodes, and much more. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Also, before we jump into things today, I wanted to take a minute to thank Exact Nature for sponsoring today's show. Founded by a father and son in addiction recovery, Exact Nature's all-natural CBD products are specifically formulated to help you face the challenges of recovery, be it anxiety, cravings, or even improving sleep. I absolutely love the Serenity Oil, and Exact Nature has even helped me kick the nicotine habit, which I am happy to say, now I am over two months nicotine-free. As a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 at exactnature.com for 20% off of your order. Again, use the code TSD20 at checkout. Happy Sober Day, friends. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode and spending part of your day with me here on the Sobriety Diaries. Today is such a treat. We are chatting with one of my favorite people on the internet and in real life. She has an enormous TikTok following and even a bigger heart. She is so open with her story of recovery with over 150,000 followers, and she's not shy and not uh, scared to be open and honest with her addiction, and in turn hopes to help uh, folks that still may be struggling. So we share that same vision, and when I asked her to be on the show, it was a very quick yes. Uh, So I'm excited for you to hear my chat today. Let's open the diary on Abby Jean. Abby Jean, thanks so much for spending time with me on the Sobriety Diaries today. How are you? 
I'm so good. Thank you. How are you? I am great. We just、um, were informed that today is National New Best Friends Day. So I guess we're just we're going to have to honor it, right? Yeah. It's our day now. <laughs> it's our day.、Uh, New so、we'll, yeah, that's just, we're just going to ride it out from here on out. I love it. <laughs> Where are you zooming in from today? I am zooming in from Naples, Florida. I moved here five years ago、um, from Vermont. Okay.、I'm、from Vermont originally. So you're with the、um, elderly folks with lots、yes. of money. Yes, that is exactly where, if you look at the map of Florida, there's a little circle that says elderly wealthy people. That's where <laughs> I am. So you beelined right down south. Totally. I was like, I love <laughs> old people. I'm going to go there. Oh, too funny. <laughs> Get yourself in somebody's will. Yeah, I try all the time. <laughs> so, when was your last drink and why was it that day in particular? My last drink was December 5th of 2018.、Um, I actually didn't know it was going to be my last, but、um, the next day in my fragile, hungover state、um, was my, I call it my Santa moment.、Mm. It was my Santa moment. I'll explain that in a minute. But、yeah. um, someone came into where I worked. And it was someone I had known, and they were my same age. And they stated out loud in a very casual way that they were an alcoholic. And I was like, What? You can just say that very comfortably like that? And it was like finding out Santa was real. And I was like, That's real. You can do that. You can have that. And so. December 6, 2018 is my sobriety date. That's powerful. I love that story. And we're coming、yeah. up here on three years. Yeah. How exciting. I'm excited.、Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, let's start with the story of how we got to that day in December,、yeah. three years ago. So I always kind of skip through high school and college because、um, I think, I truly do think in those times in my life, I hadn't started drinking alcoholically yet.、Um, I, I think in college, I would have been considered a party girl for sure.、Mm. Um, you know, any reason to go out any night of the week, I was there. I was there for it. Yeah.、Um, But my, my alcoholism really set in. In my early 20s, I had moved. So I had a college boyfriend. We did one year、um, long distance. So I lived by myself、uh, for a year in an apartment in New York. And then we moved together to Rhode Island, where I started working in the restaurant industry.、Mm. And the restaurant industry. Was so fun for me because you know, you work all the shifts and then you leave with all this money, and then right after work, everybody's ready to party. Yes, and so I loved that. You know, we have all this cash and we're going to all these cool bars, and everybody was partying kind of at the same level.、Um, and then there was a time, probably around where I was 
three where people started slowing down and you know a lot of people started going home after the shifts and I just found myself gravitating to those people that would still go out and party all night long and I did I partied all night long every night Monday Tuesday it didn't matter I remember one night one day I was hung over and we went out day drinking and the first sip of alcohol while hung over and I immediately felt better and I was like oh wow yeah that's great this is great and we partied all night long and I woke up the next day and it was just this vicious cycle of I just was constantly hung over and then I had found this magical way to not be hung over anymore which is more alcohol keep on drinking um, keep on drinking yeah, and right. <laughs> and I think there was a point where um I had some friends that were older than me some friends that were my same age and then a couple you know we're all kind of in that mid chunk of our 20s yeah I started not taking care of my responsibilities as an adult who had an apartment and a boyfriend and I had dogs and the alcohol just still made me not care. I just thought, well, I'm having so much fun. I'm only 23, I'm only 24. That's not a grown-up. I don't yeah. have to be a grown-up. Right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And um I slowly started partying so much that I like wasn't going back home to my boyfriend and my dogs. And I think it was because I was a little bit ashamed. You know, I I wasn't paying my side of the bills and I was literally just spending all my money on partying. And it kind of came to a head when uh, some of my friends contacted my mom, who lived here in Florida, and they just said, uh, we're really worried about Abby Jean. She's partying a lot. <laughs> and I didn't know that this happened at the time, but then um, it was my 25th, 25th birthday, July 11th of 2015. Uh, my father drove from his house in Vermont to my apartment where I was living, Yeah, but not really anymore. Um, and he picked me up and he just said, you know, I don't think things here are really working well for you, which I had known. Um, I had actually stopped paying our electric bill and our lights in the apartment had been shut off. And... Um, I got in the car and he drove me to Vermont and then the next day I flew to Florida. But, you know, being the convincing alcoholic that I am, oh, yes. I got off the airplane and my mom saw Abby Jean. There was nothing, I didn't look different. I, you know, I still was unaware of the, of the phone call. That night she told me, she said, you know, your friends are really worried about you. And I just said, well, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. They're out with me. I'm fine. And she was like, well, there we have it, folks. She's fine. <laughs> She's fine. 
Did you think and you were fine though? Or had you no, started, no, you, kn- you knew no. at this point? Yeah, I knew. Um, it's interesting because I knew the it hadn't even got half as bad as it did. Yeah. But I knew that, you know, you shouldn't be spending all your money on alcohol and doing nothing but partying and drinking. I mean, I if 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 the event or the party or the what have you wasn't have didn't have alcohol, there is no way I wanted to go. Not going. No, so boring. Right. So, um, I once I got to Florida, I got a job in town and um, worked there a couple times a week, but I didn't really have any friends in Florida. I don't. I was living with my mom. Yeah, right. So I, I I started going out and trying to meet people, and I made a couple of friends here and there. Um, and then it was not long after I moved here. I, I remember I woke up one morning. And uh, my whole body started to shake. And it's, you know, when people think of shaking, they think of like external shaking. But I could feel my insides Hmm. shaking. And I was, I had this wave of pain going over my brain. And it was really scary. And um, my mom needed me to write out a check for her business. And I remember picking up the pen and I couldn't bring the pen down to the checkbook because my hands were shaking so bad. So I tried to, you know, brace myself. I tried to hold my hand with my other hand and I couldn't fill out the check. And I was so scared, but also just mortified because I didn't, I don't think I fully understood what was happening. And for whatever reason, my, my brain and my body told me, well, you just need to have another drink and then this will go away. So I found myself in the kitchen with a, like a kitchen glass and I filled the glass with wine and I, and I chugged the whole thing and a couple minutes went by and I didn't feel drunk. I didn't feel hungover. I felt normal. Like I had equalized and I was like, oh, well, perfect. All right. And then I went throughout the day and that started my cycle of um, drinking in the morning mm-hmm. to feel better, which is a place that you never expect to be. And when it happens, it's so terrifying that um, it creates a really... Um, a really scary downward spiral, which I got very caught up in. I remember like specifically the day that I started drinking in the morning and Mm -hmm. it was the same thing just to feel normal, just to be able to get out of bed to do anything. And yeah, it was this like your shame intensifies because Mm -hmm of all the things you've done up until that point, you know (laughs) that people don't drink alcohol in the morning. Yes. And I, yeah, I remember the day, um, very specifically. And, uh, 
I, I got to the point too where it was just to equalize, just to barely function. Yeah, and I think because um, I I I hear a lot of people with the similar story of mine too, where like we would hide alcohol. And I think that's where it came from for me was like, well, I can drink at brunch openly. I can drink at dinner openly, but it's not okay to drink at 8 a.m. Yeah. So I have to have, I it's the, the madness. I always have to have it in the house. I always have to have it in a place where I know where it is. I always have to have enough. And it has to be really good hiding places. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Which I did for a long time. And um, when I started dating my current honey, uh, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, you go out and you go to bars and you're having fun and you're doing all these things. So I think I was able to um, kind of hide it from him for a while um, until I couldn't anymore. I remember one day he came home from work uh, for lunch and he normally didn't do that. And he kissed me and he just looked at me and he said, you've been drinking. He didn't ask, have you been drinking? He stated, you've yeah. been drinking. And I said, no, I, no, I haven't. All I, my whole thing was I've only had a Red Bull. Because in my head, Red Bull smells like alcohol, which Got it doesn't. It. Interesting. I've never yeah, heard that. I, I think I made it up. <laughs> I think you did too. But I was like, no, I just had a Red Bull. And the way he looked at me, I was like, oh no, he knows this is, you know, here we go. Yeah. And um, we continued to go out and everything was kind of okay but I started uh, drinking at the job that I had. I would keep it hidden in my purse, in my car, all these places. And I was drinking all day, every day, enough to keep feeling okay, enough to keep feeling okay. And um, on December 6th of 2017, the dates are hilariously lined up perfectly. One year um, prior? One year prior to the day, December 6th of 2017, I came home from work and my mom said, um, enough is enough. I've found a bed for you at a detox center. And I kind of, you know, threw my little, I don't know what you're talking about fit. And this is crazy. And you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm not doing that. And she just said, you know, we're enough, get in the car, we're going. So I went to the detox center and she had taken my cell phone. So I didn't get to call honey or anything. Mm. And we drove there and I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know much about detox, but I went in, they breathalyzed me twice because the first time it came back, she didn't think it was accurate. And I looked at the, the nurse and I was like, what's the problem? And yeah. she was like, I don't understand how you're talking and sitting. And so they were not comfortable admitting me for obvious reasons. Wow. So they brought me to the hospital. 
where they um, gave me a banana bag. I fell asleep. They just want you to sober up to a more safe level. Yeah. Um, when they brought me back, uh, they give you, they like did a full body strip search. So, um, you know, and then you, you go in and they medically detox you. They keep an eye on your blood pressure, your heart rate, all these things. And the first night I remember thinking, cause they drop the temperature like way down, way mm. down. It's freezing in these rooms. And I remember my first night I'm in detox. I didn't want to be there. And I still just thought, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. This is so silly. I'm just a party girl. What am I? This is crazy. And so I started on my medication and then you start going to um, like little therapy stuff. And there was people from Alcoholics Anonymous there. And, uh, it was interesting because I, there was 16 of us the first night. And I remember being the only person there who was there just for alcohol. Mm. Everyone else was there for meth or cocaine or heroin or what have you. And all eyes were on me. All the nurses were constantly checking in on me. And I was like, what, what did I do to, and they were like, well, alcohol is one of the substances that you can, hmm. you can die from detoxing. We have to keep an eye on you. Your body is detoxing from something very serious. And I remember getting, um, I was, a, I was scared. I was afraid of at hearing that, but I kept thinking I'm going to do this little program <laughs> that they have set up for me here. And then I'll be like good as new. And I'll just, I'll probably be sober for a little bit. I'll make sure everybody understands I'm fine. Right. And then, you know, drink like the a lady again. Yeah. I'm going to drink like a little lady. <laughs> right. And, um, I talk about the, one of the last nights in rehab standing in the bathroom and, you know, they, they like buzz you in mm. to the bathroom and you can go and like shower. They give you a little thing of shampoo, a little thing of conditioner and like a razor with like one blade. Oh. I remember thinking the last thing I want to do right now is shape my legs. Right. <laughs> right. Like, this is so silly. <laughs> so I, I took my shower and I remember like the towel was like this really scratchy material it was like not big enough and I was still freezing cold and I was kind of you know getting things together I had cleaned my ears and I had all these and I looked up in the mirror and there was somebody looking back at me and I couldn't recognize her and I had like kind of a little breakdown and I opened the door to the bathroom and I yelled for one of the nurses. And I said, there's someone in the mirror looking back at me and I don't know who it is. And she came in and she tried to calm me down. And she was like, you're just having like a moment. You're going to be fine. That is in fact you looking back at you. 
And I remember looking at her and I said, no, it's not. That's not me. She said, you know, yes, it is. Abby Jean, you know, get come get dressed. Everything's going to be fine. And I just laid in bed that night and I cried and cried and cried because I knew it was me. But I didn't recognize her anymore. And I was so sad for her and confused. And I just couldn't believe that it had come to this. I couldn't believe it. So um, I finished, when I finished detox, uh, me and one other girl were the only two people (laughs) who made it. That stuck it out. (laughs) (laughs) That stuck it out our seven days. Um, And then they literally just, you just go back to your life. Mm-hmm. And of course they said, you know, here are some options for you. They offered 30 day, 90 day or year treatment, but I didn't think I needed that. Yeah. So I went back to my normal life and, um, that night, honey and I went for a walk on the pier and we kind of discussed what life was going to look like. And I reassured him everything was going to be fine. I'm just going to drink normally, maybe in a couple months. I just need to let my body heal and rest. Yeah. And it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. I was sober for about three months. And then it was just a random middle of the day. And I drove my 14 minute and 17 second drive to get my two for 12 Yosemite white wines. And there I was back in the middle of the day, um, drinking by myself. And then of course it does what it does. And it goes from zero to a hundred real quick, real quick. Was there anything leading up to it? Like, were you planning it or was it just one day you woke up and opened your eyes and decided? Well, I think, I mean, now that I look back on it, I, I did zero work. I did zero. I didn't try to figure out why I was drinking the way I was drinking. So I just, you know, continued to see everybody else around me drinking quote unquote normally. And I was like, this is just so boring. Yeah. I'm so bored. And so I, I just remember thinking it's going to be fine. I, you know, how can it possibly get worse than detox? Right. So I, and it was crazy because I remember the first like couple sips. I mean, I was not a wine glass user. Mm -mm. I was a just directly out of the bottle. Yeah. Why make dishes? Seems like a lot. Right. That you have to wash. So I was, I would, yeah. And I actually, um, I had a nickname while I was in Rhode Island. It was, I was called Chirpy Jean, Chirpy, like a bird. Yeah. Because when I would chug the wine, it would make this like little bird whispering, like. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Chirpy Jean. Chirpy Jean. And I remember hearing that noise again, like the bottle went up yeah. and the wine went in. And 
I was so excited. Mm. And then immediately I was covered head to toe in hives. Like my body was like, no. And I was like, yes. And so my mom came home from work and she took one look at me and she was like, oh my God, you're drinking again. And I convinced her that it was going to be fine. Hmm. Covered in hives. I was like, it's going to be fine. I'm just going to drink like a lady. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. And immediately it wasn't. Immediately I was drinking all day, every day for another mm, nine months. And then my Santa moment happened Mm. when I was at work and someone of my same age openly told me that they were an alcoholic and that they were struggling. And immediately in that moment, I was like, that's the drug that I want. I want that freedom. I want to be able to say that and be okay with saying that and be healthy and well. And the next day was December 6th of 2018 when I started attending Alcoholics Anonymous. Hi friends, Abby Jean and I had such a great conversation that part two will air next week. So stay tuned for next Wednesday for the conclusion with my chat with Abby Jean. Thanks so much for listening today, friends. Make sure you check the show notes for all the information that we discussed in today's episode. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. You can find all things podcast related and subscribe to our show at the sobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, where we upload today's video podcasts and on Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries pod. Check back soon for new episodes with new stories to tell. But until then, try your best not to drink and be good to yourself. Bye, friends.